The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by Eno, the Capital One Assistant. What's in your wallet? The Ryan Rossillo Show podcast. Whenever I roll in here, get to the offices, get to the studio, kind of walk around, say hi, what's up, what's going on, and I see my co-host Will Cain up on first take, I go, I wonder what they're doing. And I don't even know if you were in this segment, but your graphics guy, your topic bar person is incredible. I know what you're talking about. The Kyrie and LeBron one, I don't even know how you got to that point, but that's a really good discussion thing is, okay, Kyrie goes off last night, Celtics keep winning, the winning streak 14 in a row, this is incredible, and then it's a stepbrother's picture of LeBron with like a wig and Kyrie in front of him as if it's John C. Riley and Will Ferrell, and then it's Kai and the King, and the whole topic becomes how should LeBron feel about what Kyrie is doing? Brilliant television, okay? And you think I'm making fun? I'm not. I want the first take people to understand. I'm being serious. I no. think it's great. You and I just, before we came on the air, were talking together. We had lunch together in my office. We did. It was cute. We Close ate the, the same door. thing. We did. The exact same thing. Um, first take is genius television production. No matter what, you like it or you hate it. If you understand television, it is genius television production. My favorite one, Ryan, was about a week ago during the whole Jerry Jones versus Roger Goodell Soap opera. The topic bard said at the bottom, Game of Jones. Game of Jones. Yeah, and it was little chess pieces, the whole deal. And by the way, 16 in a row there for the Celtics. Uh, 16 and 2 now, so they won that one last night. Um, we'll get to all that Kyrie stuff a little bit later, but I really enjoyed that, so I'm glad we started there. As soon as I said 14, I'm like, why did I say 14? All right, Straight Talk, Rosillo Show, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Best phones, best networks, no contracts. I did not think that we would do LeVar Ball on CNN on the show today. And then we talked with Will Kane, who worked at CNN. You're going to want to hear this. I don't want to hear anybody else do their CNN LeVar Ball breakdown more than you. So we'll do that coming up very shortly. All right? The pressure's on. Okay. I'm going to say, say thank, thank you, you at the me. end of the We will. We'll say thank you to Will <laughs> Kane. 23 minutes on after. saying thank the, you. The cuts I have here are so long, I'm going to have to just chop them off at some point. Okay, last night, a great Monday nighter. Drama. Atlanta looks like they're going to run away with this thing. Doesn't happen. Russ stays in, fights this whole deal, and now Atlanta at six and four has the tiebreakers against those other teams in the NFC. But am I weird for entering today wanting to talk about just the quarterbacks? Because I know that's how I feel like I always do, but I feel like there's a Matt Ryan and a Russell Wilson topic in there. No, in fact, I think you're being magnanimous because I think you could enter today despite the fact that he's on the losing side of the equation, talking about just the one of the quarterbacks, talking about just Russell Wilson. So I don't think you're wrong. Okay. I think, in fact, you're being nice. Wow, okay. I wasn't expecting a compliment out of it. Matt Ryan now, of the active quarterbacks, is fifth fastest to 60 wins. The guys in front of him, Brady's number one, Russell Wilson's number two. This is why Russ is in this topic, too. Uh, Roethlisberger's right there with Russell Wilson at number two. Aaron Rodgers tied for fourth with these guys. So that's who it is. It's Brady, Wilson, Roethlisberger, Rodgers, and now Matt Ryan. The fifth fastest of active quarterbacks, 260 wins. Here's the deal. Brady had a great defense through most of that in the beginning of his career. Russell Wilson had a historic defense. Roethlisberger was not Ben Roethlisberger chucking it all over the place to start his career. They ran the football. They played defense. They were a terrific defensive team early on for him. Aaron Rodgers, actually a better defense. So my really? point is, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, the beginning of his career, that defense in Green Bay is better than Matt Ryan's. Matt Ryan has done the most to get to those 60 with the least around him in Atlanta, and I'm just glad he won because if it was that nationally televised game theory rule that I have where if Ryan throws a late pick, they lose. We do, should Sark be fired, and was he a fluke last year when he is anything but those things? He is terrific. He shows it again, and the fact that he's on this list, fifth fastest to 60 wins, with generally a bad defense through most of it, that's even more impressive than some of these other names. So the takeaway is Matt Ryan, underrated. Frustratingly still week to week, the way he's talked about, and he shouldn't be. He is not ever included in that group, the group that is you know, quickly rattled off like this, Braze, Breedy, Rodgers. Maybe too quick sometimes. Did I say Breedy? Yeah. I said Brazy. Braze, Breedy, Rodgers. I... On both of their names, I took half on accident. You see and that? Ben's been up there for a while. Yeah, you did. That was impressive. That was weird. Yeah, Brady, Breeze, and Rodgers. I think and, Ben. And, I think well, Ben actually, gets thrown in there. I think Ben is among the more underrated quarterbacks over the last decade. He's never quite put into that top three category in a similar way that Matt Ryan has not been. Now, we can have a debate about which one of those two might deserve more to be in that 
dare I do it? Should I do it, Ryan? Elite category? Uh-oh. There okay. we go. Yeah, I, I think Ben has been in it, though. I do. He's like a guy that comes in and out of the party. No, I do. I I, I don't know. We disagree on that one. I think Ben is generally uh, I'm not passing judgment. I'm talking yeah. about the way we talk about Ben Roethlisberger. He is not consistently referred to as in that exclusive club the way those other three hold consistent seats. And he isn't, quite honestly, as consistent as those three. But I think your point on Ryan is really interesting because he has been consistent. He is not as up and down, but he has not received the same kind of recognition, maybe because of his personality, maybe because of the uh, lack of team success in Atlanta, but for last year. Whatever it is, he has not been mentioned in the same breath until you pull a stat like that. I thought that was impressive because I saw the 60-win stat. Flacco was up there early, too, I think, with the quickest to 50 or something, and he was all defense in the beginning of his career, and now, look, they're a mess. So that was my point on Ryan. But when you first watched Russell Wilson in 2012, okay, we're now, what, six years into this with Russ? He'll be 29 the end of this month. What were your first impressions? When you were doing, I don't know, you weren't doing a daily talk show like this, but when you talk with Chris Cuomo back then, probably. Right, right, right. We'll get to CNN later. But when you were talking about Russ with your buddies, how would you guys talk about Russell Wilson, the quarterback? We would talk about Russell Wilson not so indifferently than how people talk about Dak Prescott today, actually. You would say he can be entrusted with a good team. He won't make mistakes. I mean, I guess the label, Ryan, that we use now to to, to refer to a quarterback like the one Russell used to be is game manager. That's how he was referred. Was he a game manager? I think he was. Was he? Yeah. Here's the thing, and I know you want to go here with this anyway. Russ hasn't changed that much statistically throughout his career, meaning completion percentage, touchdown-interception ratio. He's been the same guy, but you know what's changed? His responsibility on that team. He's doing the same thing. He's just doing much, much more of it. Well, you're right on the second part. I know if you look at some of the raw numbers, you'd say, okay, he's the exact same guy. I don't know how you can be the exact same guy, though, when you are being asked to be a completely different guy. They were always a great, not a good defense, a great defense. They're still okay, but we're expecting less out of them with all of their injuries. He is somebody that I trust probably late in the game as much as any of the other dudes that we always put in the top of this category. So we're talking about somebody who his rookie season – threw it more than 25 times in a game, only five times. Plays a full slate of games, throws it 25 or more times, only five times that year. He's done it every single game this season. So you're right. He's being asked to do more, but he has transitioned a lot like a Roethlisberger, a lot like a Brady at the beginning. I mean, Rodgers was chucking it immediately. Ryan was chucking it immediately. Brady wasn't trusted to throw the football down the field in the very beginning. Roethlisberger didn't need to. Like when Roethlisberger started, you would watch him and go, well, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, Miami, Ohio, like the defense is pretty good. They can run at the Steelers. Like you don't have to do that much with them. And now he's a different guy. And Wilson, he didn't even throw it 400 times. His rookie, he's almost thrown it as many times this season as he did his first season. So maybe he hey man, was. He's on pace, by the way, right. 600 attempts. Right at that, this year, 600 attempts. Maybe he was capable of always doing all of these things, but he doesn't have the same defense. They can't run the football other than him for two years, and now I think he's kind of become the guy that you think is doing it as much as anyone is at that position with less around him. It's probably Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson now. Totally agree. I, If I were a Seattle Seahawks fan, have... Almost complete trust in Russell Wilson. And by the way, one of the explanations for why both of these guys, and I think the the takeaway is both of these guys don't get the credit, respect, and and attention that they deserve. Both Ryan and Wilson. And part of it is, and you've had this conversation several times, they exist between things. They exist between these elite quarterbacks that are in their late 30s, and in Tom Brady's case, 40 years old, and this young crop that we're excited about, be it Wentz, Prescott, Carr, Mariota, all of that. They're both about 28, 29. How old is Ryan? In that same range? Yeah. Is he 30 already? And they've been in that in-between group. He's 32, actually. Must oh. have stayed back. You think he got held back? Here's Russell Wilson. Well, definitely tough. We never yeah, want Right. I'd like him to play that cut. <laughs> All right. Wait, did you see the fear cut? 
with, I, with him and Gruden. He decided, if you didn't see the pregame... That was his John Wayne impression, right? He was trying to do this thing where he was going to show Gruden how little fear he had, but he was going to do it by staring at Gruden and saying fear over and Three over times. and over Can again. Can I do it? Yeah. There's no fear. There's no fear. There's not a glimpse of fear. And just dead yeah, you know eye what? bolts into Dirk we need, we need that. I don't think it's going to be as great on radio, as, it, but we need to play that for everybody. Because I'll admit, I was at home. I go, how mad can you get in 30 seconds? Do you think you'll make it to 20 seconds of listening to him talk? Because I love him as a quarterback. I actually still find myself impressed with Seattle. They're tough. They fight. Carroll screwed up twice last night. I get it. But I still have a hard time quitting them. He's awesome. But this stuff? No, I think we stay the course. I think Check out. Auto. Auto. Right. Glimpse of fear. Right. The Ryan Rossillo Show. Joe Rossillo. It better updates on my phone. I don't know what thing I didn't sign out of, but I'm getting all sorts of stuff. It happens every day now. I just got a note about Beyonce's tour setting a record. Don't care. And also another note on how to handle my teenage son's overwork schedule. So mine is not personalized. I got to figure that out. Yeah, you do. All right, Will Kane, The Rosillo Show on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can save hundreds in your car, business, or recreational vehicle insurance from a local independent agent. Go to Progressive.com today. Now that's Progressive. Amino Hassan will be in studio talking some hoops. Last night, LeVar Ball on with Chris Cuomo, CNN. You worked at CNN for how long? Five years. So how does this go down? First of all, I had no interest in this interview. Um, I wasn't watching the interview. I was watching Monday Night Football. And How dare you? We have a show to do today. I know. How dare I not know that the sports content was going on on CNN? <laughs> um, which apparently what happened is there was a 23-minute interview on CNN who, as best I can tell, express purpose was to get LeVar Ball to thank Donald Trump for getting his son out of Chinese jail. Do you want to hear just some of it? Yeah, a little because bit. Because this is, this, is, this is the one that made the rounds for the most part last night. This is the host and LeVar. I'm are gonna you going to say thank, thank you, you at the me? end of this interview? I will thank you. I guarantee no. it. No, are you going to say I thank me now? I guarantee it. You know why? Are you going to thank me now? You know why? Are you going to thank me now? Not yet. You haven't earned it why yet. Why are you going to thank me? Haven't earned it yet. But We're, no, no. Why are you not going to thank me? Haven't why are you going to thank yet. me right now? When you, you like the word it, thank, thank you. you. We're still you like short. Thank you. We're still short. Your son what? said thank you for helping him get out of China. Can you say thank you, Mr. LeVar Ball? I will thank you at the end of the interview. Can you say thank you, Mr. LeVar Ball, for having this? Listen. How about we do it now? I just want to hear it. You know what? I'll show you what. I just want to hear now. Just to be decent, just because it's a nice thing to do. Yeah. Mr. Ball, oh, thank you now for being it's a nice here with me on CNN. The cut is twice as long. First of all, that's amazing that this went on for 23 minutes, essentially like that. And you have to understand, really the whole topic was, why have you not thanked Donald Trump? But what LeVar Ball manages to pretzel Chris Cuomo into doing <laughs> is thanking him for coming on the show. Although you can tell the verbal jousting it took and crosstalk to get that accomplished it's just and again i ignored it for like 20 minutes and then twitter just kept saying like the whole feed turned into i can't believe i'm watching this this is happening and i had the bad habit as many of us do is watching twitter as i watch a football game I'm like what is going on why is it still going on and at some point i flipped over and i got that and much more so how does that work? So if you're Cuomo, you don't want to have to do that. Okay, it's it's still your show. It's a guest. He's bang, like I can't tell you how quick that interview would be if if I had to do it. But then again, if I if I did tough guy in the studio radio deal and Lavar's yelling at me, but Rod would go and thank me, thank me, thank me, and I go, hey, we're done here. You know, coming up next, top five, bottom three. That is then not that, yes. That's an L. I can't do that as the host. Even though you just go, what are you doing? So what's happening there with a host that doesn't want to do any of that stuff, but he can't shut it down. Well, I don't think Chris keeps him on the line in order to win at the end of twenty three minutes. I don't think I know Chris. Um I like Chris. Chris is a, I mean, he, he's a he's a good journalist, and he's a dude who wants to win. I guarantee you all those things. But the reason that interview went on for 23 minutes wasn't Chris Cuomo's pride. I will guarantee you that what happened is some three to four minutes into that, Jeff Zucker, the president of CNN, is on a phone calling the control room of that show saying, keep it going, keep it going. There is zero chance that in the rundown for that show that night, it said, LeVar Ball, let's block 23 minutes for this interview. <laughs> and then, by the way, do a panel on it afterwards to break it all down. 
Zero chance that was how that show was scripted out that night. Zero chance that's how it was blocked. I couldn't play that whole cut. I'm hosting the show, and I'm going, I can't. I can't even do this. I think you working there makes this more interesting. So you, you're telling me there's a producer that's saying to the anchor there, Cuomo, just whatever, go back and forth, say thank you, keep them going. Like you don't want to make this a short interview. You want This is good TV even though everybody hates it, right? Yes. This is pulling the curtain back on why you get what you get. Like you want to bellyache about what you get on TV? Let me just tell you how you get what you get. That, I guarantee you, was about a five-minute segment tops because there's a relatively simplistic purpose to that interview. Pre-production show deal. You know, yeah. Donald Trump, LeVar Ball. Most of that audience, by the way, doesn't know who LeVar Ball is going into that. As much in the sports world, he's become like— He's a CEO of a big baller brand. <laughs> and by the way, LeVar Ball doesn't know who Chris Cuomo is either. These no. are two worlds colliding. No, and that was proven by the end, although you could see LeVar just going, I'm messing with this dude so hard on the way out. You can call, call me Chris whenever name, you want. My friends call Chris, me man. Mo. You can call me Mo oh, thank if you, you want. I'll give you that. Hey, hey, why they call you Mo? Whoa, don't be having Mo. no alias, man. I don't know your real That's name. Why. I don't be talking about it's looking for Chris. Deep. And then they talking about, you talking about Mo? It's not that deep, LeVar. Yeah, it's Cuomo. That's all. Don't overthink it. Hey, but here's what we learned. That's where the Mo came from? Chris Mo? Cuomo, not Chris Mo. Hey, man, you Cuomo. Been... LeVar, get your head oh, straight. Cuomo. Like, like Cuomo, like Google. Like the Google, Google Chrome. I get it, Chrome. All right, that's, that's it. That's your hip-hop name in the hood, huh? Le- now nah, is... I see how you get around. LeVar Ball, thank you for coming on CNN tonight. I appreciate you taking the time. Hey, Chris Mo, thank you for having me on here, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> you have to laugh at that you it's have, on it's, CNN, it's man. So the most trusted name in news. Chris Mo. Oh, no. Chromo. Like Google? Like he's That's how you Google survive Chrome. in the hood. Google Chrome. Chromo. Chris Mo. He's like, no, Cuomo. Like, you know, so what was Mario the panel? Cuomo, governor of New York. Who came, who came on the panel after? And how jealous were you? I, I don't know. I honestly did not watch all this Did you night. miss being at CNN last night? No, although I felt like first to market on this of our ball thing of run first take. I mean, like we're, I mean, we're leading the way. Obviously, CNN's following. Yeah, right. <laughs> who else? Who else was on the panel? I, I don't know. I really, honestly, switched it back to Monday Night Football shortly afterwards. I'll give him credit for this, and we graphic it this way for people listening on ESPN Radio with Will Kane, the Rosillo Show. We have it, Lavar Ball, CEO of Big Baller Brand, which is. You know, look, good for him. And I, it's a little side note for the kids out there. If you meet someone who is a CEO and they just introduce, hey, what are you up to? Or like, hey, what are you into? I'm a CEO. And they don't tell you what the company is. It's probably not a great company. They probably used to say deals, though. What do you do? Eh, just working on some deals. Got some deals. But I'll see that. I'll see that in somebody's. It's usually fake rappers, but it'll be somebody who'll go, yeah, I'm a CEO. There's a lot yeah. of Twitter handles out there with go, CEO. CEO. Have and- <laughs> I heard of it? You guys public yet? Oh, the Ryan Rosillo show in life. There are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done, starting his business out of a one room office. Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. And now another edition of Obvious News from GEICO. Experts now say that wearing more clothes in the winter will, in fact, help you be warmer. We asked cold victim Trent Patterson about this, and here's what he said. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. I I was a little cold, put on a sweater, then wasn't cold. I was like, what? Also in Obvious News, GEICO makes it easy to save money and easy to reach them, with licensed agents available around the clock. So switching is a really smart decision. That's Obvious News from GEICO. 
caught the beginning of the show, and I think it was actually very positive. We were talking about Matt Ryan going, I don't want to do week-to-week stuff with Matt Ryan, and it's not just because they won last night, because to his 60 wins, he's done it with less around him, and now I'm starting to realize that Russell Wilson is doing more and more with less around him, even though I, I really like Seattle's fight last night. But we did want to get the audio and video of Russell Wilson staring down John Gruden saying there is no fear. And we got Will Kane with us today, the Russillo Show on ESPN Radio. I think just to set up some context on when we hear this, when we see this. Do you want to do it next hour? Let's just start the next hour with it, okay? It's that good. Yeah. I just think the important thing to notice <laughs> is the change in tone, the sudden shift, which would tell you one of two things, sociopath or acting. <laughs> no, I think he... You think he looked in the mirror and rehearsed that? Is it weird to have a sports talk show and go, this quarterback who I think is really, really good, I think he may be a sociopath? You do? I'm asking if I were just talking about anyone in general. Would it be weird for you to opine on whether or not he's a sociopath? Yeah, it'd be a little weird. Yeah, I think he'd give you a pretty heavy dose of evidence. Yeah. But it is. He's not. The option is not sociopath. He's acting. He's acting. It was rehearsed in the mirror. We'll get to that. Okay. All right. We'll do that next hour. All sorts of stuff. When you're sitting at home and you don't like a team, you don't like a player, be honest. You root against that person. And when you have a show and you have takes and you have things that you've said, right now the Sixers, I'm going to have to eat a whole salad full of L's on this one. They're good. And the two young players who I like a lot, they're actually good and they're winning. And, you know, good is 500, but that doesn't happen with young teams. What was the take that set the table I, for I just said they're probably like a 30-win team. They're going to stink. They're, they're not going to be good. Are Philly fans all over you? Yeah. I mean, Philly fans are usually pretty reasonable about stuff and patient. <laughs> so, uh, it's – and the thing is, though, I've also said about Embiid, I go, I don't know how you pay him that money. I'd worry about it. So – Oh, you're not rooting for injury on that. That's the question. You're not. You no. can't. No. I would – I hope everyone believes me. That even though it ended up me being right and then them losing games and having a bad record and I could do the end of the season, huh? See, I told you so. I wouldn't want to deny myself for the basketball world what is Joel Embiid. I wouldn't want to do that. So I'm never rooting for his injury. Uh, but I'll admit, in other kids, like that's a rarity. That's one where I go, okay, I'm going to be wrong and I'm okay being wrong because I, I like watching them all so much every single night. The Sixers have become this, they're going to be like a, should I, do I dare even say a 500 team now? Because that. By might... the way, I've learned this as well, so we can work through our resumes on this. You can't change it. Like You can't go forward and go, even if you say, I was wrong, and you say, I'm now a believer, no. no you will keep paying for your yeah. original thought. And that's that's fine. It just I'm not, as I've said throughout the NBA season, I'm not used to young teams being this successful. I'm not used to seeing a Celtics team be this good defensively. So this actually is a good one for you, isn't it? Or should we do this one last? Should we do the Celtics one? Is there an the NFL Celtics one? one left. Oh, right. God, is there an what's, NFL what's one? What's your NFL one that you root for this outcome, even though it makes you feel a little guilty? And when you're a hot taker, you've got a lot that you end up rooting for in the pursuit of being right. By the way, I'm not really that, so I don't know. I'm just laughing about that, but whatever. But look, let's just stay in the greater Pennsylvania, New Jersey area. Wentz. Let's stay with Wentz. There's, I like... Carson Wentz. Like, that's white noise people don't hear. I met the man. Why does it have to be able to race? (laughs) I met the man at Chickie and Pete's. He's from North Dakota. He got his offensive lineman shotguns as gifts. He's you. He and I are friends. We just don't know it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But I do not root for his success, or I only root for his marginal success, because I am on record as thinking... Dak Prescott is just a little bit greater than Carson Wentz. I understand that it's a bad week for that argument. But yeah, I look at that and sometimes I'm like, I'm rooting against Carson Wentz and I actually like Carson Wentz. And it's so, I am right. And you had a lot of chips on that number in that duel between Dak and Carson. A lot. There were a lot of chips. Luckily, and, I got deep pockets, and I'm going in on the long run because I'm not backing off that take. Yeah, that's what I like to do with some of my takes. I go, these these aren't snapshots. I'm writing books. That's right. All right. Let me give you another one. Okay. You came at me yesterday. Yes. Oh, you I even brought in backup. Yep. You, you and Hasselbeck. You took this way too personally yesterday, but fine. I'm pretty married to my Elway take. <laughs> you don't think Elway's good at this thing. No, I don't. See? See? 
if a man is rooting for his take to be right, I think it's incumbent on you to not change his take. What is I your belief on Elway? I don't think he's done a good job of managing the Denver Broncos quarterback position. So, And I find myself going, eh, look at that, another bad week for Trevor Simeon. So every time Simeon has a bad game. So you go into a Broncos game wanting Simeon to fail. You want to see Brock Osweiler fail. When Paxton Lynch is cleared, you don't want to see him do well. If Paxton Admit Lynch it. is cleared, it will make me wrong. <laughs> cleared? You mean no, just no, getting out there? No. If no. Paxton Lynch comes out and lights it up. So you're rooting for picks. If Paxton Lynch those three picks in the first start, whenever that ends up happening here, you're going to be happy about it. Don't get all holier than no, that with I'm, me in your tone. You just said you want Joel Embiid to blow his knee out. I definitely <laughs> didn't say that. I just want to lock you down into what, because I'm admitting to some of this stuff too. By the way, it's Amazon Black Friday deals. That's this week at free shipping on millions of items with eligible orders over $25 now through Friday. So, Rudy? How pumped were you that Alex Smith laid an absolute egg against a terrible Giants team? Right. Okay. Shine the spotlight Off that way. Buy. Police light down bright. I enjoyed it. See? Yeah, I said it. Schadenfreude. This, this regression, I enjoy it. Alex Smith. You're here for it. I guess we're all here for all of it. We are. Yeah. Including the people listening. You have your barbecue take that you've run out there, and you don't want to show up the next week and go and have to face the music if it was wrong. You don't want to. You want to be the other side of that equation. I would still like to stop calling everything a take, but... I know, I know. That's 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 something... I'm just trying to think of a couple opinion. other ones. It's just like yeah. your opinion. Right. Man. It's just like my opinion. So... I think we all do this. I sent this out this morning at Ryan A. Rosillo. I go, what do we got? And the guy goes, I root for Seb- uh, Saban to die. Oh, I went, that's... well, that's, that's, and then he goes, I feel guilty about it. And then he said, never mind. Oh, well, that absolves him. He but then he, he it, said though? later on, he, he does, actually doesn't. Feel. So that was an excessive version of what we're doing here. But it's also different. I root for the Eagles to fail because I don't like them. But that's not what I'm that's doing different. with my Carson Wentz thing. Right. That's how different. Many, how many people do you think are rooting for a significant Warriors injury? More because than, they've taken some position on the Warriors? They might be doing because they don't like the decision Kevin Durant made, or they feel like it's a bandwagon, all it's a bunch things. of front runners. But that's, again, not the same thing. You would root against the Warriors if you said something like, you know that Clay Thompson guy? Overrated. How many people do you think who had golf as a bus takes? Here we go. Are hoping there's some kind of regression here. He ends the second half of the season throwing a ton of picks, and they missed the playoffs. I'm not, because I didn't really go in on that take like you painted out. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. I did, as we just talked about with Amino Hassan, say that the Celtics' defense would be awful, and it's the number one in the NBA. And every time they play, I do look up how they play, how many points did they give up. And I don't like it. I don't like that they're so good on defense. <laughs> and I like the Celtics. That's the other thing. I like the Celtics. So you're rooting against the Celtics who you like because you said they'd be bad on defense. Yeah, I like being right a lot more. <laughs> You've been wrong 16 times in a row. <laughs> I want to take calls on that thing we just talked about. Takes you're married to? Yeah, just stuff you're just rooting for the downfall of somebody and just being, it's almost like confession a bit. That's that's right. Right. I'm doing this because I have a position. Yeah, and your position, and I want to do this. Celtics win 16 in a row. Kyrie is great again last night. He is incredible so far this year in the clutch and clutch is within five points five minutes or less to go in the game he's got the most points in the nba i don't think he has any turnovers the numbers are staggering Mm -hmm. and your position was that what once gordon hayward went down the celtics would be what kind of team well i have multiple and people blend it all into one (laughs) okay give me me a taste of all of them Uh, i can just give you a quick rundown the The, the buffet of celtics the celtics d would be bad their season I agreed. pretty much over after Hayward was hurt. Um, not so much that one, but I would thought a young team would be bad defensively. If we go back six months, Isaiah Thomas is better than Kyrie. It was that always one. a popular one around here. Yeah, that one I never quite understood. Kyrie hung 47 on the Mavs last night. Isaiah's not playing. It's not a good time to have that debate as well. <laughs> and that Kyrie couldn't start for the Warriors. <laughs> Which, by the way, I, I, that one... Did that, you do some extra? That sounds like a little extra. On that one? How do you even get to... That was right. That one I don't back off of. Well, it's that was Clay and Steph. Who, who well, even, exactly. Who even brought it up? I don't know. It was during the finals. The kind of conversations you end up having. Would you bench Clay for Kyrie? That was essentially the conversation. How do you guys get to that? I don't know, but the answer is no. <laughs> so, Rudy, I, I don't even want to ask you that one. He's got my back. I'd take Clay over Kyrie. Would you take Clay over Steph? Be honest. No. 
No, but I do love Clay. <laughs> you do love Clay. <laughs> he's probably my favorite warrior. We got to do. I this think he's later, criminally but... underrated. Did, how, did the thing that happened yesterday, which we got to talk about, it's going to be on TV only, so our radio audience won't get to know. But did it make you like Clay more? And, and what it was, I mean, I was, we just have. I was going to gonna say, reveal it. I promise. Okay. All right. He. But, <laughs> I don't know how to answer this. He's walking down the street. He's in New York City, and there's scaffolding everywhere. And a local news asks him. Like, is he worried about it at all? Well, there was a scaffolding incident in New York in the last couple of days. It came, some came down. And when you're walking in New York, there is scaffolding. If there's construction on the upper floor, they right. create that so that it doesn't fall on you, right? But the scaffolding itself came down. It's just piles of lumber and people underneath it. And New Yorkers digging this lumber and scaffolding off to get these people out. And then apparently they say they're getting their man on the street part of this. And they grab a man on the street to say, hey, what do you think? And it's Clay Thompson. Just giving his take on scaffolding, and it says under there, Clay Thompson, NBA player. <laughs> I like him way more now. Yeah, because he just Can we genuinely gives his answer, by the way. Let's grab the audio so the radio audience doesn't feel left out here. So at some point, we'll play that for you. It makes me love him even more. Uh, we have it in TV only, so that's going to be coming up in a few minutes. But I don't want to leave the radio audience out of this whole thing. Russillo Show on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Again, Will Kane. So Kyrie, 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 your take... Your deal with the Celtics defense, totally agree. You can't believe they're this good, but they are. They're young, but they're long as hell. They can switch multiple positions. Kyrie is the first time ever in his career a positive on the defensive side. He had always been a negative in the previous six years. Kyrie, though, you and I both hated the first take appearance. That's true. It's also separate than what you think of him as a player. And it has to be. And I think I, I... I feel like I do a good job with that stuff. I just spent an entire segment applauding Russell Wilson and saying he's doing even better with less around him, even though I just don't like any of the interviews ever. Whenever I hear from him, I just go, I'm I'm out, I'm out. So I try to separate the two. But if you ask the NBA public now, Kyrie, top five player, 16 in a row with the Celts, closing time, he is the best in the game, at least this season. How many people say, what percentage of NBA population and i mean just all of us fans me the whole deal would say yeah Kyrie, he's a top five guy right now i'm gonna put the over under at 35 percent i would take the over would you really and it would be wrong there you mean those that think he's a top five player would be wrong yeah i'm just not sure and you think more people are ready to say that to take that position I'm not sure people are because you got to just start going through the process of elimination. You, so no one's going to argue that Kyrie over Durant or LeBron. I don't think people are going to argue him over Curry. Maybe I bet you more people would than you'd realize. I always love doing the top five and top ten kind of thing. I can get you three, and then I get you eight. And after eight, I don't really know what to do anymore. Does Kyrie make that top eight? No, and he's awesome. It would have to be more. I remember your top eight. Than a less than less than a quarter of the season. Not that he's going to fall off. He's going to put up huge numbers the whole time defensively. I got to see if he's going to stay this engaged the entire time. But he was somebody because of the shot two years ago in Game Seven against the Warriors. Then it starts to feel like he has this. And I hate Heisman moment, but for him it was this moment that we all identify with. He's a closer. He gets it clutch. All the things we love about. Some of these guys, and you go, okay, is he really somebody that's a top 10? And yet he feels like it. He's hitting all of those things for that profile the start of this year with now him being the face of the most historic franchise going. A year ago, I think Kyrie as a top 10 player was a laughable argument. I don't think the statistics. I don't think the play on the court. I don't think any of that was there to support it. All that that guy had, the guy that said Kyrie was a top 10 player, was essentially a clutch shot in the NBA Finals to back it up. Now it's different though, Ryan. And I'm not, I don't, I'm with you. It's too early. The sample size is too small to make this argument. I just want to say the player that Kyrie has become through the first part of the season in Boston, it's hard for you to make an argument for Westbrook and Harden over this guy. This guy at the beginning of this season. And that's where you start getting into the end of the top five, into that next group, into the top 10. So if we say forget top five, maybe it'd be, Maybe I need to be more fair to the NBA audience that would say, well, wait a minute, dude. Like, you think one out of every three of us already has Kyrie in the top five? When it is, at least for me, LeBron, Durant, Steph, those are your three. Others would say, wait a minute, you know, there's just a fandom of liking Russ, liking Harden more. I'll take Curry over those two guys every day of the week. 
but they are in that next group. So if it's LeBron, Durant, Steph, Russ, Harden, Kawhi, and this isn't really in order. That's six then, safe, I think. Okay, that's six. So where is Kyrie? Is Kyrie in that world now? Well, okay. Now, then you, now I haven't even this, said Anthony Davis, I who say, I think is still somehow criminally underrated. He was incredible last night. The team is generally not that good. Giannis, who's on a huge rise. And Giannis, who I think we've the NBA public has accepted, he's that dude. He's in that eight. And that's no Kyrie. That's no John Wall. Wall's good. I don't think he's in that eight. That's me taking Chris Paul out, which hurt, but I can't put him in it. And that's not even putting down everyone's favorite player in the world right now, Embiid, which is, I'm sorry, as great as it is, you can't do it not even 50 games into somebody's career. You can't. You, you don't get to move into that neighborhood unless you've been paying taxes a couple years. I want to set aside Giannis and Anthony Davis for one moment because okay. they are unicorns in this debate. The apples-to-apples apples comparison is harder. I just want to ask you this. If you got drug into a knockdown, dragout debate – between Harden, Westbrook, and Kyrie right now, and you can only use this year. You can't go back and tell me about MVPs and triple-doubles well, last hard. year. I'm just telling you, just this year. How does that debate go? I actually think it's Harden because Russ is trying to figure out this team that isn't very good right now. And I'm not – I never thought the Thunder were going to challenge the Warriors, but I thought it would be better than not 500. Uh, Harden, in every statistic – is absolutely off the charts. So I don't think you could really mess with him. Why are you going Kyrie? No, I'm not. I'm okay. just saying, I think before this whole season is done, you're probably going to be having that debate <laughs> right there. That Those three guys. So if you put two of them in the top five, how are, how is the third not in the top yeah, ten? Give me, you're saying give me another year of the Kyrie results through the rest of it. If it looks like this, you can't have two of them in the top five and tell me the third guy's not in the top ten. And if you want to go defensive stats and some of the stuff like Harden's Harden's not where Kyrie is. Kyrie's winning the debate against some of his contemporaries defensively right now. So, Rudy? If this keeps going and the Celtics keep winning and Kyrie keeps playing defense somehow, are they going to give him the MVP? <sighs> Man, I thought Giannis or Embiid already won it. Uh, Even though maybe Harden's having still another better season and probably might get another second-place finish. If Paul comes back, Harden's numbers are going to dip. They just are. And if Harden's numbers don't dip and he doesn't win another MVP, Daryl Morey's going to like. Yeah, but that's just, that's just Daryl Morey have an aneurysm. And I know Chris Paul is back, but I'm just saying when he's back, back playing, those numbers are going to decline. And I love Daryl, but he's he's very pro his guy on Twitter. Hey, you know we got into the um, Sam Rosen versus Elad debate really early. You and yeah. I were, were trendsetters on that. We're, we're we're real early on something's going to happen here. Josh <laughs> Rosen. I meant Sam Darnold. Um, <laughs> I did like, I say Sam Rosen? I've done this several times today. Hey, I, I, that was one of the times where I was 100%. I'm like, what the hell is he talking about right now? This Kyrie debate, yeah. we're about four months early on it, but it's going to be hot and heavy. I love that. The Ryan Rossillo Show. I've got that electricity charge inside Energy like a lightning strike Take one spark and I will ignite Never stopping, I won't stand by Now that Human Resources Director Ryan Lee has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent and time He's really on top of his game He even has his own hype song I'm the best beyond belief I got strength and got the speed Entire workforce Complete with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. No, nobody catching up. They're not fast or strong enough. I got that electricity charging inside. Take one spot, yeah. I'm attracting and engaging the best people every step of the way. Never stopping, I won't stand by. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. Never stopping, I won't stand by. All right, we got Andy Benoit, Sports Illustrated here. Hit us up uh, if you root selfishly uh, on the 1-800-Flowers.com Twitter feed. It's at Rosillo Show. Okay, from the MMQB, Andy, you kind of started this Tyrod stuff with us, and as you looked at Tyrod, I was with you a bit and kind of going, well, look, if they want to move on from him, I understand it. There's numbers that tell you he's really good. There's numbers that tell you he's not very good. And you had said it's pretty clear when you study the tape that he's not this good. And yet Peterman comes out, throws up on himself, and then Tyrod somehow becomes all pro, 
Do you feel like there is a rooting group in the media that roots for Tyrod that drives you crazy? Because I feel like some of these people are almost going at you, as you suggested on our show, that he just misses too many throws. Uh, yeah, I do. I, it's you, you get that with these unconventional quarterbacks sometimes. You're Johnny Manziel, you're Colin Kaepernick types, these runaround guys that look great and, and, and captivating on television but really don't give you a consistent offense. And that Peterman thing, I got done watching that film. I don't know what Sean McDermott's going to do because Peterman clearly wasn't ready to be out there. It throw up on himself, I think, is a good way to put it. And yet it's obvious that they have issues with Tyrod and the offense isn't fitting him anymore, and they're in a tough spot with that one. Yeah, but Andy, I mean, we loved having you on. We loved hearing what the All-22 tape showed on Tyrod Taylor. You told us whatever you're seeing in QBR, whatever you're seeing in touchdown-to-interception ratio, what you're not seeing that the tape reveals are the plays that Tyrod's not making that the coaching staff wants him to make. In the past weekend, that's been described as a dog-whistle argument. Why is that there? What is it that Tyrod is not doing on the field? Explain that to us one more time. Sure. I think, you know... Let's take it a step back because he's got 10 guys around him. And when Rick Dennison, their new offensive coordinator, got there, he's a zone-running offensive coordinator, an outside zone scheme, like what the Falcons run or what the Broncos made famous in the 90s. And when he got there, I think what he's come to gradually realize that he didn't maybe right away is they don't have the offensive line talent to run that kind of scheme. It's, those guys are bigger guys. They're north-south. They're not east and west nimble blockers. And why that's a problem is because as they've gotten away from that, that's where their play-action game came, and that's where Taylor was most comfortable. You get, you, you get your rollouts, your bootlegs on that. Taylor's on the move. He's throwing lob throws instead of uh, balls on a rope. It really played to his strengths, but that running game's not in the equation anymore, and so now he has to be a pocket passer, and that does not play to his strengths. So they're asking different things of Taylor because they can't have the same stuff with their offensive line, and some of his weaknesses have started to show. And I think the more they, they think of other things to ask, hey, let's try this, let's try that, the more they realize that he's got limitations. We're talking to Andy Benoit again, the MMQB, part of Sports Illustrated's football coverage. The Chiefs, uh, I would tell you Alex Smith is kind of becoming Alex Smith again, but is there more to this? Um, maybe a little bit more to what's happened. I'm not a big blueprint guy. Like, oh, that's the blueprint. You beat them with that. Everybody will do it. But in this case, there kind of has been a blueprint set. When the Steelers came out a few weeks ago and just played very soft zone coverage against Kansas City, and then Dallas has done it, and I just got done watching the Giants. They did it. What's happened is that eliminates a lot of the misdirection stuff in Kansas City's scheme. They can still run it but it doesn't have the same impact because there's no defender now in man coverage attached to the skill position guys. So their misdirection doesn't drag defenders or manipulate them the same way. And everyone's rallying to the ball and keeping it in front of them. And all these gadgets, you don't, you don't, you don't want to call them gimmicks, but all the gadgets they do in Kansas city, they're kind of losing their potency. Now there's other stuff they can do, but they've got to make an adjustment. And part of the adjustment will be, Alex Smith making more downfield throws, making more traditional type of quarterbacking throws, and we'll find out how much he really has grown in the second part of the season here. Talking about gimmicks in Kansas City, New England's often described as a creative offense. We just had Lewis Riddick on the show, and he said Seattle and what they're asking of Russell Wilson is one of the most simplistic, um, lacking in creativity route trees. And he also mentioned Oakland as another offense that is just, I don't know, I guess, Paint by the numbers, ABC simplistic. Is that something you agree with? And what other teams would you point to as like this is a really, really simple offense? Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I think Lewis is a really smart football guy, and I think he's onto something there. This, you know, Oakland—they've got a new offensive coordinator. They're trying to figure out how to use their receivers, and I think they've improved. And it's still a, a, a process there. Seattle, it'd be interesting to have an honest conversation with Daryl Bevel, their, their offensive coordinator, because Wilson is so unconventional. You wonder how much of what they do or in, in what Lewis is talking about, what they don't do, how much of that is just to accommodate Wilson's unique style of play. And inherently, when you have an offense that is simplistic and a lot of it depends on the QB running around like that, 
it's going to be very inconsistent. It's going to look great one week, and it's going to look ridiculous another week. To answer the question about who else has played that way, I mean, Buffalo plays that way, and they play, they were actually more simplistic with Peterman than they were with Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. It's it's isolation routes that tend to simplify things, and isolation routes are fine if you've got the players to do it. Green Bay is another team that does it a lot when Aaron Rodgers is out there. But if you don't have better talent than your opponent, then your isolation routes, that stuff's not going to work, and you will be simplistic. Neutral field today, Minnesota-Atlanta. Who would you win? Who would, who would you take? Sorry. Uh, probably Minnesota. That's a really good defense. A lot of talent that's been there a long time. And you see the chemistry and you see the comfort level with them and Mike Zimmer's scheme because they look faster almost every month as you watch the film. And they're very fast at the safety position. That's actually what makes them so challenging. Harrison Smith and Andrew Sandejo. Uh, I, I think Atlanta is on the rise, but Minnesota to me is the most complete defense in the NFC, maybe even the NFL. So you mean – to say not just okay, I'm picking against these teams. That you would, you think Minnesota's for real enough to to scare some teams here in the playoffs? Like Minnesota oh, in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Minnesota yeah, in the Super because, Bowl is not surprising to you. No, I think they're legitimate Super Bowl contenders, and I would imagine Case Keenan will remain the starter there because what their their offense. So they're almost the antithesis of what we just talked about in terms of simplistic. They win with their scheme quite a bit, and they've done a great job with their route combinations to defeat man coverage early in the down or zone coverage late in the down. And Keenum has been very comfortable and decisive in Pat Shermer's offense. And, you know, he didn't just all of a sudden get more talented after last season in L.A. He is just playing in a system that he's comfortable with. And I don't think there's a lot of difference skill-wise, talent-wise, between Keenum and Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater is not the, the gunslinger that people think he is. And so then it becomes a function of who is most comfortable in the offense, and Bridgewater hasn't run this offense. He was in Norb Turner's system when he got hurt. So Keenum's played great. Their offense is really well designed. Adam Thielen's a tremendous route runner. That's the, the key. That's what makes it go. And uh, you, you pair that with an outstanding defense, and things are going to go well. Awesome stuff. Thank really you, Andy. Good. You got it. Thanks, guys. The Ryan Rossillo Show. That all of us noticed this, and we all saw it last night. All of us that were watching Monday Night Football, and again, it was great to have that kind of matchup, Atlanta and Seattle. And in the pregame, you know how I'll feel about the Russell Wilson interviews. They are—they're not even just bad anymore. They're actually comical. I'll—I'll—I'll I'll, I'll watch them. I seek them out to anticipate going. Ooh, I can't wait to see how bad this is going to be because they're so weird. And he said it to a whole nother level. Surudy, I know you're—they're they're borderline offensive. Like you—you you know. You, you're offended. I'm by a little it? bit offended by it because I just is, whoa, don't whoa. think it's real. Okay, what's offensive? You think it's all fake? That I just there's no way that you're on like that all the time. And, and he, I think, portrays that. And you say weird, which I can't put my finger on what you mean when you keep saying weird. You said sociopath, and I didn't disagree. <laughs> now you didn't call him a sociopath. Um, I don't believe that he's a sociopath. I think that there's some some tendencies there. We got Will Kane, the Rosillo Show. It's ESPN Radio, uh, and everybody, you know. Here's the deal. Can by all accounts, up? by all accounts, all the public stuff like Russell Wilson, this is a guy that does things the right way. You know, he cares about how people like, you know, people, I, I get it. Like people come at me and be like, wait a minute, you're clowning Russell Wilson. Like, who are you? And I'm like, I get it. I'm likely never going to be as successful as Russell Wilson is. Get you know, I'm going to cap it. You know, I don't want to cap. Put I'm my not in just yet. Right. There's so many great things about him to play, but his interviews, they're insane. They're insane, and I was on this so early and kept telling people, like, this is there's this a is the opposite. Yeah. This is you've married yourself to a take, and you're feeling like you're feeling good about it. Oh, because there's evidence every single time that he talks, and I'll get more people going, you know, I didn't really notice it until you pointed it out. I'd be like, well, first of all, how did you not notice it? That it's weird, and it's these things where it's in threes, and then it's this deflection. There, I get being the quarterback and wanting to give everybody else credit, but it is this immediacy that he does it that's almost so scripted that it feels fake. I just want to clean up something. Because you throw sociopath around pretty cavalierly there and didn't let me respond. When yes, I you did not call him one. Sociopath. Right. I did not call him a sociopath. What I said was, in this clip we're going to play in a little bit, when he switches gears with Gruden from happy-go-lucky making jokes to staring daggers at you, there is no fear. No fear. Not a glimpse of fear. When he does it on a dime like that, and then, by the way, comes out of it on the other end, back to laughing, joking guy, you are either sociopath or rehearsed. Yeah, I think rehearsed. 
Okay, here it is. This is part of it. You love adversity. Some players, they take a dive in adversity. Some coaches take a dive in it. Some people thrive in it. Your fourth quarter performances this year and since you've been here, what is it about adversity, tell me, that brings out the best in you? And for me, I think you know, for, for a football team, really, uh, there's no fear. There's no fear. There's not a glimpse of fear. And so uh, I, think, I think that's the mentality you have to have, and that's what you, what you have to believe and what you have to know. So, like, do you think he practiced that five times in the mirror or six? That was definitely practiced because he had the cadence down and the pause, the dramatic pauses in between. And for those listening on radio, I cannot express this enough. We got to tweet it out from the show account. The way he looks and you think he's done and he's not done and he looks again and he's still not done. And then, and by the way, what I tell you, immediacy. Well, it's really not us. It's just the whole football team. It's the whole football team. And then the thing at the end is a total nothing burger. Play it again. Tell me what the hell he actually means at the end of this. You love adversity. Some players, they take a dive in adversity. Some coaches take a dive in Make it about the team immediately. Some people thrive in it. Your fourth quarter performances this year and since you've been here, what is it about adversity, tell me, that brings out the best in you? And for me, I think you know, for, for a football team, really, uh, there's no fear. There's no fear. There's not a glimpse of fear. And so uh, I think I think that's the mentality you have to have, and that's what you what you have to believe and what you have to know. Is that the three thing you're talking about? He does the three thing all the time. He does he does repeat something in in in, in groups of three when he wants to punctuate it. It's constant, and I feel like the crazy person that has the right path that's going. No, no, come down this path. Like I'm don't don't doubt me on this one. Follow me. And then when people go, oh, you know, like Canell and I used to scream at each other all about it. He'd be like, no, that's exactly what you wanted your quarterback. And you go, there's a way to do the deflecting, not taking any of the credit, giving everybody else credit. There's a way to do it that's less crazy. What you're saying is it's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I think it's crazy. I think it's crazy. It is. But see, you had to add something else. See, you, I, you, you didn't let my dramatic pause I'm sit, sorry, so I, I couldn't realize. get from one to three. I screwed up your joke. <laughs> I screwed up your joke, Will. Sorry. Say you're sorry three times, I'll know you mean it. But if you talk to him about, I swear anything, if you went, hey, you like to drive, don't you? You, know, you own a bunch of cars. Well, it's not so much me as it is the car. You know, you get your tires. And the thing about tires, tires are great. Tires are connected to the road. You know, they're going to keep you going. You always get an extra one, which is great. And sometimes that fifth guy feels left out. But you know that fifth guy, like, you're going to be using him. There's going to be a time I'm going to need you. I'm going to need your fifth tire. You're just back there. You're sitting there. But don't worry about it. And then you get the tires, and then you get your steering wheel, which is round a lot like the tires, so they're hanging out, and they're having a good time. But without that steering wheel, they can't really even move the tires because the tires, they got they got stuff going on in there. And then, you know, that's really kind of what you're talking about when you're talking about driving, and you have to just understand that going in. You missed your opportunity to use need three times. You need them. You need them. If you asked me about the show, I would go, well, it's not so much me as it is Will and Saruti, and, you know, that's the thing. Like, it's a good show. We have a good time on the show. It's a great show. <laughs> and then it would be on to something else. I get Canel's take. It is what you want from your quarterback. Yep. It's so much what you want from your quarterback that it feels like it was read in a brochure. Yeah, there's a way of doing it. And, and then there's, there's there's too much. That was I'm so glad you saw that last night because I was at home going, I think I'm keeping this on. I thought he was going to kill Gruden. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think we'd have a murder because we probably would have edited out the murder. For listening to the Ryan Rossillo Show podcast. You can check out the show live weekdays at 1 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on ESPN News. The Ryan Rossillo Show podcast.